mission with the best And if you're not, ooh, yes, girl, soon you're gonna be I catch more fishes than the seagull birds If you all ain't fishing, you're a bunch of nerds Cause the fishes all tremble at the sight of me Cause I'm fishing, popcorn, yeah Country, country well, we're down to the final two episodes of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, and we will wrap up this year like we have wrapped up the last many years with a two-part, very in-depth look at the state of the fishery from the guy who oversees a good chunk of Paul Bunyan Country, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, Henry Drews. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, as always, we like to wrap up the year with a visit from Henry Drews, who we like to start the year with as well. He's the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. He pretty much oversees all of Paul Bunyan country waters. Uh, maybe not so many. A couple to the east he doesn't get to in his purview. But but overall, uh, Henry, this year, the vibe I got from anglers, from a catching fish perspective, was about a B. What do you think? I think a B grade is pretty good. You know, there were certainly periods and species that were uh, high A's and there was some low C's certain times of the year, but but a pretty good year, a pretty darn nice summer overall in the Northland. One of the things that just absolutely amazed me throughout the course of the summer was the absolutely um, consistent bite into August on Lake Bemidji. It just never seemed to slow down. And we've talked over the years about what an incredible natural fishery that Lake Bemidji area is, and it just proved it again this year. Yeah, it's uh, it, the patterns changed, but the fish just kept biting. And and our our, uh, our crew out of the Bemidji field office did a survey on the lake last year, and they had a just a remarkably high gillnet catch of walleye, all sizes represented. Um, those fish fish bit real well all last winter, and that continued right in through the season this year. Um, the stability of the fishing on Bemidji, I think, is also a kind of a, um, relates to the stability of fishing patterns for the summer as a whole. You know, it was a, it was not a summer that characterized by lots of major weather changes. We got warm, we stayed warm, and, it, and we didn't have the week or two long cool down. I mean, it was just a steady weather summer, and that makes for, you know, pretty steady fishing conditions overall. The other uh, lake that had an incredible year this year was Black Duck. Uh, it's probably as good a year as I've heard from Black Duck in maybe close to a decade. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of young fish in that lake, too, and, and they showed up in spades this year. I mean, uh, that access was busy for several months, and it was really good to see because there had been a couple of little slower years up on Black Duck, and, and this one just uh, we kept telling folks the fish are there, the fish are there, and they just turned on this year big time. The lake I didn't hear as much from as I have the last several was red, and I don't think that it was a particularly slow year. I just wonder if we're so used to it being good that it it, it, it isn't worth commenting on anymore. <laughs> you know, red red was good early, not exceptional, but it was very good early for the first six, seven weeks. And then that water temperature just cranked up into the upper 70s. By July 4th, we were in, had you know had reached like August-type water temperatures, and those fish dispersed out into the main part of the lake. The bite slowed down, and the people just quit going. There was essentially, after July 4th through now, no fishing pressure on Red Lake. So the fact that you haven't heard anything is because there hasn't been hardly anybody out there since the 4th of July. It's been quiet. Um, the folks that went, you know, the few folks that went had pretty good catch rates, but once those fish move offshore and you got to start trolling or you start pulling bait out in the big open part of the lake, 
people just don't go. It's the darndest thing. <laughs> but it was, it was a good spring, not exceptional, but a good spring up on red. But again, the, the concern is not that there's no walleye in that lake. There's plenty of walleye in that lake. Yeah, in, in fact, um, our, again, our crew out of Bemidji, as we speak, are conducting their fall gill netting assessment on Red Lake, and they're seeing lots of fish. So um, that survey will go on for another week, and we'll be able to summarize that next time you and I talk. Um, but the first couple of days in net lifts, um, there are a lot of walleye up there. And it, it's just a matter of the... The forage was really high, lots of lots of um, young perch, lots of shiners, and then those fish just pulled offshore fast. And when that happens, uh, the anglers kind of peter out and go elsewhere. Um, you know, just to the north of there, Lake of the Woods is uh, where people, a lot of people mm-hmm. during the later, latter part of the summer have been going. Uh, fishing on Lake of the Woods has been just exceptional this summer. And the stable weather has allowed people to get out more days than on average during the summer. I have heard uh, phenomenal reports from Lake of the Woods this year, uh, across the board, month to month, uh, week to week. It started right after the opener, and it has not relented. It's been just good fishing. Uh, again, stable weather, uh, a good warm summer. The, the bite in the deeper water was really good. And, um, and absent those weeks of endless 20-mile-an-hour-plus winds, you know, the fleet of people that go out and fish that lake has been consistent, and, and they've been rewarded by, with really good fishing. Was there anything you saw out there this year that concerned you or people throughout the region? Uh, no, not really. You know, we, in terms of uh, the new northern pike regulations, we had a learning curve going on with anglers. I mean, you, you guys on your radio program talked about it a lot. There was a lot of, a lot of media attention to that, and observations are that most of the folks are are doing a real good job following that regulation, but. Like any any major regulation change, you know there are, there are times folks um, just somehow didn't get the message, and so there was there was um, a lot of education that our officers did during the summer. They didn't necessarily write tickets every time, but but um, you know we want to see a real jump forward on on the compliance and the understanding and the awareness of what we did with those regulations, you know, as we move into the winter and then in, in the next season. So not a problem, Kevin, but an area where we really want to see uh, continued learning. Just getting started with our in-depth look at the state of the fishery in Paul Bunyan country, Henry Drews, the Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager out of the Bemidji office, my guest. More with Henry to come. Fishing Paul Bunyan country, where fishing is more important than pretty much everything. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Discussing the state of the fishery with Henry Drews, Regional Fisheries Manager out of the Northwest Office here in Bemidji. I know the thing that we, we tend to, to focus a lot on these last years has been AIS. Um, you know, we have a, we, we all know that there's a strong influx of uh, zebra mussels in Cass Lake. What have we seen in the short term that that has met? Well, we've seen in the short term, we've seen no changes in the abundance of walleye. The walleye population remains strong. The perch population remains strong. The size is a little small right now. We'd like to see that bump up some. Um, So we're not seeing any direct um, influences on the fish populations. The biggest change we're seeing is that, um, you know, the castle is always clear. 
Yes. Now it's clear. <laughs> and so it has shifted even more of the fishing pressure after the early part of the season into that night fishing. Um, or folks that are trying to figure out how to fish very deep during the day. Um, but the, the biggest change with Zebes on gas is that shift into a night fishery. Um, you go out there during the day and you'll just see some recreational boats and people having fun with pleasure craft out there. Not a lot of fishing during the day on a typical summer day, but as soon as sunset approaches, you start seeing the green and red lights, you know, and the anchor lights out there. And uh, folks are learning how to catch walleyes at night, and and, uh, that's gained a lot of popularity, and uh, they're successful. So not so much a change with the fish, but with how people go after them. Now, some of the reports I got was uh, that there's just not as many weeds on, on Cass Lake anymore. Is that Are you seeing that? You know, we don't have any quantitative measure of the changes with the, with the vegetation out on the lake. Um, okay. I have heard that also, but we don't have any measures of that, so I, I can't corroborate that. Okay. One of the things I heard uh, talking to Kevin Cochran, uh, he was really pleased with the, the way the muskie bite was going on Cass this year. He gave it an A. And uh, said it did take him time. You know, he had to learn where the muskies are now in the new clearer water. But uh, just like the, the walleye numbers, the muskie numbers are still there. You know, I, I, I think he's right on the money on cast, but I, I'd also uh, broaden his observation out to the good fishing for muskies kind of across the board. Um, these hot, stable summers are real conducive to good muskie summer, summer muskie fishing. And the, the reports from Leach have been exceptional, and some of our other local lakes uh, people are seeing are, are catching fish, Big Lake, Plantagenet, Bemidji, you know, the smaller, smaller muskie water. But these hot, stable summers are just really turn those muskies on, and I think it's, it would be an A grade for muskie fishing across the north region. What are you uh, seeing as far as the, the muskies on Bemidji go? I know there's been concern that that uh, fishery is very, very old and doesn't seem to be replacing itself. Are you uh, seeing anything new? Um, you know, I don't have my fingertips on that data from the field office there, but in, in talking with Gary and staff, we are seeing, you know, the you know really nice fish, a lot mm-hmm. of good-sized fish, but we're not seeing those fish from 24 to 36 inches in the numbers we'd like. So, so that's something we are keeping our eye on. We're going to step up our population estimates and, and work on the lake and try to get a better handle on that. Um, and that's not just Lake Bemidji. That's a number of our stock lakes. So what we've actually done is we've taken a number of those stock lakes and, and gone from stocking those waters every other year to stocking you know half as many fish on an annual basis trying to spread the, that recruitment out over more years and seeing if we can stimulate a little bit more you know recruitment of those young to intermediate sized fish by changing how we stock so we're we just started that the last couple of years on a bunch of lakes and and we're hoping that that helps solve the riddle now one of the things associated with that is that um you know these lakes are just now starting to mirror what you might see in a large natural lake where the population isn't as high and it may be um it may be dominated by the larger in- individual fish kind of a uh, climax fish community so uh, that theory is something we're we're trying to um see exactly what's going on with musky fisheries um those stock lakes are starting to behave like you know some of the the native lakes Final week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, final interview of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country with Henry Drews. We are talking about the state of the fishery. 
There are three seasons in Minnesota. Fishing, ice fishing, and hell on earth. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. A couple of big things that are coming up here in the off season. I know we've got a, a couple of special meetings coming up, uh, some potential rule changes um, on Leech and Lake of the Woods. Let's start with Lake of the Woods. Uh, uh, as we noted earlier, um, one of the best years ever. Uh, what is the proposed changes? And I think Rainy Lake is also involved in this as well. What, what are we looking at here? Yeah, for, for Lake of the Woods, what we're looking at, we just finished a citizen's input group process to update our, our management plan for Lake of the Woods. And as we uh, shared the data with this 15-member citizens uh, work group and talked about the future of Lake of the Woods, one of the things that was pretty obvious is that we're seeing a tremendous growth in the winter fishery, uh, largely in response to the pl- proliferation of wheeled fish houses. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing um, arithmetic increase in the number of people fishing on that lake, and it's starting to put a squeeze on uh, some of the catch rates, and, and, uh, and the harvest is above our target during for sauger during the for an annual basis. So the first proposal we have on the table that we're taking input on is to is to change the winter regulation from an aggregate bag of eight sauger and walleye, of which only four can be walleye, change that to an aggregate bag of six combined, of which only four can be walleye. So the walleye will remain the same, um, but we are looking at, at a two-fish reduction in the combined limit. Okay. targeting the sauger harvest. Mm-hmm. That's for the, the the winter fishery, and that will align the winter regulations with the summer regulations and ultimately will reduce some of the harvest of those sauger. The second part of that, uh, the regulation proposed change, is looking at that spring fishery on the river, which is also gaining in popularity. And and as the climate has been warming, we actually see a longer spring season. The ice is going out earlier. So the harvest of walleye in the spring on the river has been going up and up and up. So we're slightly above our target harvest of walleye for the annual basis. So what we're proposing to do is take that spring fishery, river fishery, which is March 1st to April 14th, and going from a two-fish bag limit to a straight catch-and-release fishery for that spring river fishery. And that would affect the Rainy River and then Four Mile Bay. So that'll bring walleye harvest down some overall for the system, and uh, it'll also help uh, afford some protection to those those fish in the spring when they're getting picked on pretty hard. So ex- explain to us, uh, as in the layman's terms as best you can, Henry, um, how you arrive at the targets that, that you're shooting for. It's based on measures of the productivity of the lake, the chemistry of the lake, you know, how the phosphorus, the nitrogen, the chlorophyll, just the overall system productivity. There's models that we can use that generate how many pounds of fish can be generated in a system based on the water productivity. So that's the starting point, and then we calibrate the number of pounds per acre based on actual observations. For example, if we see a harvest of walleye over the target of of 550,000 pounds, we start to see an increase in growth rates. We start to see um, changes in when the fish mature. And so you you can take the model output and then track it through your annual sampling and see what is that optimal level of harvest. You get too high and you start seeing some negative feedback into that population. If you're harvesting too low, you start to see signs of fish growth slowing down in that. So 
it's a combination of the empirical science and then the observations from the data that we collect with our annual monitoring program. We, we've, uh, I think I brought this up to you before. This is not the kind of work you do if you're looking for uh, instant gratification. No, the changes <laughs> that you make with regulations, you know, quite often take three to ten years. In the case of Northern Pike, it could take 15 years to actually see the changes from the regulations that you uh, might have altered. Um, Minnesota, in, back in 1983, implemented what's called a large lake monitoring program, where we identified the ten premier walleye lakes. We've been just talking about several in this part of the state. And those 10 premier walleye lakes and then also Lake Superior, so 11 basins, we hired somebody to work specifically on each of those basins, and we implemented an annual sampling plan. And so every year we go out on these lakes and we do the trawling and the seining and the gill netting. And so now we're pushing 30 years of annual data, and you have a really good time series for thinking about changes in trends, you know, and increasing trends in pressure or harvest to that. You can, you can respond to those with a longer-term look, not the uh, one snapshot every three years and try to, try to jerk the wheel in another direction. You know, you, uh, as part of the uh, Lake of the Woods um, situation, you mentioned uh, the extra pressure of winter fishing. I have heard that on several lakes, and, and I think you're right. I think it's those very nice, warm, comfortable fish houses that can easily get out there and get, get off, and there are so many more people fishing the winter than used to, than used to be, and that is definitely got to make a difference. It does make a difference. Um, we've we've kind of leveled off on, on Red Lake. You know, one thought you couldn't have too many more people up there, but mm-hmm. we've leveled off the last couple of years at 1.7 million hours of winter mm. fishing pressure. That compares to only about 650,000 hours in the summer. Wow. On Lake of the Woods last year, we broke 2 million hours during the winter for the first time. You're talking about a lake that's over 300 miles from the Twin Cities. <laughs> Two million oh. hours per year is the type of pressure that Malax was getting in its yeah. day. And so, so yeah, it, it really has been a bit of a game changer on these, you know, perennial winter walleye producers. Tomorrow, a lot more from Henry Drews as we continue to wrap up this year's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. A lot of interesting and important information on what's going on in our area waters, including proposed changes to the walleye regulation on Leech Lake. That'll do it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for joining us. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country.